Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 2 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I'm joined by my friends, my Sunday crew. English Nick is here. Jared Yamamoto is here. Autumn Fisher is here. And at this time, every week... We like to get caught up on what's outraging folks all over the world. Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. All right, Nikki. Can I call you Nikki? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kill me. I like that. Does, does anybody call you Nikki? Girlfriends. Girlfriends normally. call you Nikki. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. You're Nikki, so fine. Come there back to bed. <laughs> that has happened many times, Alden Fisher, but not with you. Well, not yet. Not but yet. we're just, oh, you know, oh. we're, who knows? You know, things Nikki, happen. Nikki, come visit me in my closet. I would, I would love to. I've seen you on the computer in your closet. I like it. Uh, okay, we're starting with something that's going to end up being outrageous right here. Let's yes. report. Let's not create the outrage. Let's report <laughs> the outrage. So much outrage here. I'm outraged because it's another story involving my favorite family, the Kardashians. Okay, now you get, hold on, before you do the story, I gotta know, I gotta, and I have to counsel you, because you, you overreact, you hate the Kardashians. Hate them. And you don't like the fact that anybody in the news talks about the Kardashians. No. And now you have to deal with the fact that you're actually presenting a story about the Kardashians. I must ask you to be a pro. I'm going and, to be. And, and, and get right, to, right through the story. Well, the best thing about this is somebody's going after him, so that's great. Uh, <laughs> Dennis Hoff, the owner of the brothel where Lamar Odom was unconscious and yeah. spent... $80,000. He had a good time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this, uh, first of all, <laughs> apparently he was on uh, Herbal Viagra. It took like 10 of them. Mixed uh, it with cocaine. You know, Von Hessler Doctrine Rule number 37, I think. Don't take 10 of anything and mix it with cocaine. No. Don't drink, <laughs> don't drink 10 Diet Cokes, or I should say Diet Pepsi, anything, Diet Sodas, and mix it with cocaine. It's not mm. a good idea. You know what? You only have to throw in the cocaine part. Don't take 10 of anything. There's nothing, unless it's prescribed by a doctor. So he, he was there for a weekend or something like that yeah. and uh, did all this coke the herbal Viagra, ended up in a coma. Then he's And so now we find out that he left a bill behind of nearly $80,000. Yes. For what, like a three to five day... Bender. Bender, basically. Yeah. Again, this show has a theme. <laughs> Eric doesn't understand. <laughs> now, I under many I bottles of champagne really add up. <laughs> I mean, I understand. I understand a good party. I understand a good party with the ladies. I don't understand how any weekend is worth $80,000. And how does he have $80,000? Here's the deal. There's a lot going on here. Khloe Kardashian, who they they were separated but not divorced. They're still legally married. I heard the calling off the divorce now. That's one of the stories that I saw. Makes for great Kardashian TV, doesn't it? Well, that's, you know, that's another thing. You talk about an outrage on top of an outrage. Yeah. They're, they're outraged because maybe Khloe's going to be asked to pay $80,000. I'm outraged that he, he spent $80,000, but the big... <laughs> outrage here is there are reports yeah because first you hear these reports that the kardashians are at his bedside and they care about him now we're hearing reports that they brought the cameras with them mm -hmm. which feels 
like exploitation. The reason it feels like exploitation, it's exploitation. That's why it feels like that. Although, if you look at their brand, how could something like this happen in their life and not be covered on their show, right? I mean, yeah. how could they ignore something like Huge this? Huge ratings. Although you could allude to it and show shots at the hospital from the outside and then see him later when he's feeling better. But, uh, you know, this is a show that's in its what year? I don't know. But they need content. And they need something it's big. probably in the fine print, too, in his contract. If you yeah. go to a brothel and you get extremely messed up, then we're we bringing, have access to cameras. Yeah, or, we're bringing the cameras to your bedside. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. And he knew before he got involved. He knew the way this was going to go. <laughs> hey, so. if his bills are being paid, he's not going to complain, right? And that's I, right. I guess it comes down to yeah. that. He would be glad to have the cameras there because it's likely maybe the production company yeah. pays that bill. I don't. My understanding is he's been kind of on a bender for a while. It surprises me that he still has $80,000. Isn't it? I don't know. I guess if you if you own a brothel and it's a legal brothel, yeah. I guess you know when you're in a bar when you when you ask for the ninth beer, there are rules that kick in where the bartender is supposed to go. You know what, buddy? I think you've had enough. Is there no amount of money that you're blowing at a brothel that you that that somebody steps in and goes, "Hey, pal, I don't even know if you can pay this. All right, right. maybe you need to go home." But no, no, I've seen I clips. Know, they do like a credit check. I guess he must have more than eighty thousand dollars. You've ever seen clips of Cat House, the HBO show which, where this was filmed? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like it's a it's Sodom and Gomorrah, man. It's out of control, and it's just a it bunch of like people. It, well, I think it's meant to be nondescript for a reason, you know. Like, out but of, even I, on the inside, doesn't it looks like cheesy? <laughs> like, what do you think it's going to be? You think there's going to be people there with class? <laughs> they sell their bodies for money, okay? I mean, yeah. I'm a libertarian. I think it should be legal anyway, but let's not trump it up into something that's classy. They don't go to Ikea for their furniture. Let's put it this no, way. It's very 1970s, <laughs> 1980s inside the cat yeah. house or whatever it's called Probably these days. have been there since the 70s. Well, I mean, it's, it's, so it's uh, not the Bunny Ranch then. This is a different place. It's called the Love whatever. The love, the, it's not so, the Love Shack, I'll tell no, you that. No, it's the, the Love Ranch or something <laughs> yeah. along those lines. So I guess yeah. it's not the Bunny Ranch. It's called the Love I think ranch. it is the Bunny Ranch, but maybe he changed the name or something. Oh, because now that we live in a world where uh, girls, prostitutes don't want to be referred to as bunnies. Or he's yeah, seen as demeaning. So this isn't about this isn't about uh, bunnies. This is about love. I think what happened is, was he was spending eighty thousand dollars for love. He had to liqui liquidate the bunny ranch because so many former NBA players were trying to sue him right. over this kind of stuff. He's like, "Well, we got to change the name, new I company." Just, to me, I just feel like no matter where my head is, where wherever my life is, I am going to stop myself before I get to sure. ten herbal. Viagra supplements and an eighty thousand dollar bill. I mean, I just you know, this, the internet's almost free. Okay, another story. Another story. There's this camera woman who uh, she tripped this Syrian refugee when he was trying to escape from a Hungarian camp in September. She was right. a, a camera woman, camera woman for N1 TV. Okay, now I remember the story. And I it remember was caught on film. She was tripping him over with a kid in his hands. Yeah, I don't. I didn't quite understand when I saw this. I know that immediately the whole world came down on this woman. Oh, hated her. And I, for me, I said, did she? Do it on purpose? Absolutely. So they, was she trying to get drama? Like, here they come, I'll trip one, and we'll get that as a good shot? Well, it or, was almost like she was ha she was getting a kick out of it, almost, yeah. with the way it looked. And you she know? became the face for this narrative that the press loves, which is that Europe is just unfeeling and horrible. Hating. You know, it's interesting, before you get to the rest of the story, it's interesting the way this story has turned so quickly, that the story is about how un, uh, un unloving and uh, un unhelpful, unsympathetic. unsympathetic, right, this is the word I'm looking for, thank you, for uh, that Europe is towards these immigrants 
quickly I don't I, I don't see any stories about hey this is the fault of Islamic State right hey this is the fault of militant Islam for, for this wouldn't be happening if the Islamic if these people didn't have to run from these marauders that come into their villages and start beheading everybody that don't agree 100% with what they're saying it's our press in this country love stories that talk about how terrible this country is and the press in the west loves stories and narratives about how we're not as good as we think we are or we're not as good as how in the world can it be europe's fault that these refugees are fleeing how is it europe's fault that ships full of people are 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 sinking and people are drowning do people not know how to assess blame the fault 100 percent jared mm-hmm. follow me on this my math's not that good but when you're 100 percent, that doesn't leave <laughs> any percentage for anyone else right that's right that's the whole pie 100 percent of the fault here lies with islamic state and other militant islamic organizations that are causing this to happen it's got nothing to do with europe other than the fact that suddenly there's a two hundred thousand people on the doorstep I've, I've asked this before you know i go to my millennial friends okay if one person knocked on your door and asked for soup would you let them in of course they would they're millennials ah man yeah okay let's say you open that door <laughs> i like your millennial impression by the way oh, man. yeah man yeah you know we're, we're the smartest generation you know we know war is stupid not like you people you know we're really cool yeah yeah we'd help them out okay here's the question now you open the door and there's 50 thousand people on your lawn maybe not yeah, man- i'm not gonna trip someone with a kid in their arms okay I, that's a different i did kind of go off on a different in a different situation with this i'm just saying that we're looking for stories that show us how unsympathetic we in the west are and sure. this lady became the poster child for that yeah, story for immigrant hate that's yeah. right and yeah. now she's what she's suing she's not only suing facebook over the petra lazio shame war she's suing the guy that she tripped osama abdul mosin <laughs> she's Why is she suing, suing him she's because i think that she's saying that he is going online and spurring uh. all of this hatred toward her and her whole life has changed and she says that's not really the person that i am no and also she, it's about her honor she's saying you, you know, know what if you don't if you then care about sh- your honor don't trip people as they're exactly. fleeing something, and you're supposed to be a camera woman. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to be there to just capture document. the Yeah, document the story. You're not supposed to be part of the story. Yeah. So, although it is She's interesting crazy. that on Facebook, what was it called? It was her name. It was the Shame Wall, the right? Petri- <laughs> the Petra Lazio Shame Wall. This yes. is what I love about the millennials, too. 10,000 likes. This is what I love about the millennials, too. Stop fat shaming. Stop body shaming. Stop bullying. Stop shaming, shaming, shaming. But if they don't like you, it's okay to put up a uh-huh. shame wall. And ruins somebody's life. Although this lady doesn't deserve to have her life ruined. Uh, she, you know, come on, move on, people. This, she's one jerk in Europe. It doesn't make her the face of the West. Although, you know, that's, that's what, I don't know what it is about reporters. Reporters sit around and go, man, I hope there's some story about how a white cop beat up a black person again. Like, they love that story. Like, they, they can't get enough of they it. They salivate over it. And to me, it's a completely different nar- narrative than the life that I live. I live in an America where white people and black people work together. They play together. They, their kids play uh, Little League ball together. Right. And they don't, they're not fighting, in the, you know, but the no. press is going to find any story they can and run with it that basically where the undertone of the story is we're not as good as we think we are we say we are or we should be i find that a very boring narrative but people in editorial rooms like i see the stuff on the internet i see those headlines i don't even click 
But I guess most people just love that stuff. I I don't find it to yeah, be the which world is a shame though. I live in which it's a shame though that reporters have gone to this new angle where they are writing for clicks. Like you're not yeah. writing because you, the story actually has substance. You're writing because you know that a, a black and white affair is going to get X amount yeah. of clicks to it. That's well, let's, a shame. Blame, let's blame the millennials for that because uh, I like to beat up on the millennials. Uh, you have to because nobody's going to read a long, insightful report anymore it just doesn't happen i mean tldr there it is that didn't exist in my day and age <laughs> we didn't have a thing called tldr and we would have felt know, stupid by saying if our commentary on a story was too long didn't read that's commentary <laughs> that's co- i'm telling you when i grew up my young friends we had no such phrase we just thought you know, it's over my head, or I can understand it. Yeah, sure. But I'm certainly not going to brag about the fact that I didn't want to sit down and actually take a deep dive and find out exactly the facts of the case. If you can't tell me a story in three paragraphs, I'm not interested. So you can't really blame the reporters for chasing the money, for chasing the audience. Blame the audience. I think TLDR stands for Too Lazy Didn't Read. I think it should, my yes. friend. That's what we're going to do. Us old men, we're going to get together. Yes. And we'll start a whole campaign. Here, here. Anti-millennial. I think here, Autumn, here. Autumn wants to say so. Are you a millennial, Autumn? Are, do, you, do you fit into the category of millennial? I don't know. I might be on a cusp of something. Yeah, you're like 32, 33? <laughs> I'm 33, but I don't think of myself as millennial. I don't think you are. I think you're older. Uh, it means you come of age in, in, in the year 2000. I think you pretty much came of age in the year 2000. Yeah, I was graduating high school in That's 2000. That's coming of age. Nah, yeah, I feel I, like you uh, take selfies. She takes selfies. She's yeah. part of the millennial well, generation. Jared is selfies. definitely a millennial. Of course I am. And, I, and, and, and you know, we have differing views. I think millennials are great. I think that uh, uh, ever, yeah. obviously yeah, every generation has some flaws to it, but yeah. I think, you know, yeah. at the yeah. end of the day, we're going to be paying your social security, sir. No, you're that. not. No, you're not. You're not you're <laughs> let me tell you something about the millennials. <laughs> all, I, all I have to know about millennials is what I see in advertising that is shooting for millennials. That's all I have to know because those guys, you know, they really know their stuff. They're trying to sell product. And so what I know about the millennials is they treat their parents and grandparents like furniture. You know, I had an experience with my parents. <laughs> it has nothing to do with their parents. It has to go back to your millennial friends and tell them how cool you are that you actually <laughs> thought about, went out of your way, and had an experience with your parents. That is totally accurate. It is. I know I'm accurate. I know I'm 51 <laughs> and I'm grouchy, but sometimes I stumble upon the truth. And that is the truth. So you do understand some things. I can post on Facebook. Yes, a great. Look, you see it in the in the car commercials. We went and picked up my dad. We went to New Orleans. It's nothing to do with the dad. It's about the experience that I had with my parents. Ah, the millennials. I love them. Listen to the show often. You'll learn something from an old man. All right. When we return, we'll try to fit in another outrage or two. Welcome back. WSB's Kirk Mellish. He's good. He knows what he's talking about, so listen up. He's predicting a high around 75, and that translates to a 6 on the Mellish meter. This weather report brought to you by Shoemate Air Conditioning and Heating. And so, I'm Eric Von Hessler. Welcome back. I think I already said that, but English Nick is here. Jared Yamamoto is here. Autumn Fisher is here. And I am here. Did I mention? I'm Eric Von Hessler. I'm the name on the marquee. You're him? I'm the, yeah, you guys are right wow. here. Can you believe it? You're Sunday afternoon radio star. And what a you, guy. you get to be in the same room with him. Crazy. How lucky. And people listening, Boo. they get to listen to me. <laughs> WSB wanted to put me on seven days a week. I said, no, it's too much. It's too much of a good thing. Just one day a week, please. <laughs> I, I, I want to have mercy. 
mercy on these people because you can over entertain mm-hmm. and you you lose some years at the end of your life. And I don't <laughs> want to be a bad influence. So we're doing outrage corner. We are. So give me another outrage. There's some major outrage over these uh, this old Miss freshman, five old Miss freshmen. They beat this junior. Jeremy Boyle at four o'clock in the morning on October sixth, and while they were getting their you know mug shots taken, they're laughing. Okay, you so know, and the injuries, man. This kid, he suffered a concussion. He had broken teeth, ruptured eardrum, a lung contusion, <gasps> concussion, and so this the main kid, this this piece of work, Tucker Cole Steele, a freshman. He was charged Friday, and he was out. He posted ten thousand dollar bill. Was that the He's out, right? But yeah. now people are angry because. He's smiling yep. in his mugshot after this damage that he's done to this fellow human being. Yep. All right, so this is the jock that everybody that isn't a jock hates in high school, right? I mean, he's not the. Some jocks are nice. You have, you have jocks. Jocks are a lot like prostitutes. Some of them have a heart of gold. <laughs> you know? I just go, that's how much I believe in this story. Jocks. I will say again, are like prostitutes. Some of them have a heart of gold. And so you have, like, in, in every high school, you have the jocks who do really good things. Like, they go out of their way to make sure, like, that the autistic kid gets to Help do something or whatever. But then there's this other kind of jock who just likes to beat people up who aren't as good as him. And by good, I mean a jock. Anybody I did a lot a of jo- good things, Eric. Oh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. But you beat this guy up, and then you were smiling about it when the mugshot was taken. It's not my fault he's a freshman loser. <laughs> okay, I understand. But you're a freshman as well. But you're a freshman jock, so I guess that makes you better. I hang out with a lot of upperclassmen. Okay, all right. So, yeah, this is, by the way, this yeah, they- has become the new thing is to smile during your mugshot. It was actually started by a politician, a Republican, a few years ago, and I can't remember... Who oh. it was out of Texas. But you don't have to look it up. But I mean, it was uh, the guy they called him the hammer or whatever. I cannot remember the guy's name. But it started a trend because people who were in the public eye, they began to understand yeah, that yeah. this mugshot's going to be in the newspaper the next day. And they don't want to look like Nick Nolte's. So celebrities, basically, people in the public eye realize that the mugshot's going to be in the newspaper the next day. And I don't know if you remember Nick Nolte's mugshot mm-hmm. and the way these things look. So people started to decide... You know, we're going to start smiling. Uh, that's a bad timing for this guy. All right, he's a jock, he's a jerk, but I've known many nice jocks. I've known many nice prostitutes and many nice jocks with a heart of gold. So I'm just going to assume this is one of the bad ones. This doesn't represent all the jocks, just, you know, a lot of them. All right, when we return, <laughs> we can escape it no longer. It's time for my misanthrope buddy from New York City, Greg Russ, and his stories from Studio B1. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome back. If it's Sunday, it's time to go pick up your Sunday AJC. And in today's Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you'll find an investigation that reveals Georgia's speed traps and who may be policing for profits. If it's Sunday, it's time to grab your Sunday AJC. I'm Eric Von Hessler. Welcome back. That's uh, English Nick. That's Jared Yamamoto. That's Autumn Fisher. And we can uh, escape it no longer. It's time for... He's a misanthrope. He has a dark heart. And he needs a good psychiatrist. New York. New York. It's Greg Russ with stories from Studio B1. Hey, by the way, Gregory, we haven't uh, talked about this uh, for a little while. How are you doing on that search for a psychiatrist? He oh, I gave up. 
You, oh, you just gave up. Yeah, now, I does that up. mean you find that you're well now and you no longer need one, or <laughs> you just gave I, up? I just gave up. I stopped the Prozac. Um, <laughs> you know, I thought the Prozac was working all right for me, and I was like, yeah, this is this is pretty good. But the search for a doctor, I was like, I don't, I don't feel like doing this anymore. I'm tired of being ejected. You, so. if, you, if, you, if you're listening to us for the first time, or the segment for the first time, Greg has actually been rejected by two or three different psychiatrists for different reasons. And uh, so now what do you do? You just bang your head against the wall for 10 minutes and you're over it? or nah, that's, hot showers. that's why I've been working out. That's why I go to the gym. I'm just going to uh, offset uh, the lack of chemicals in my brain that, that, that are there naturally yeah. uh, with, with running. Well, I can't recommend that to anybody listening. I don't know if that's a good idea, but if it's just anxiety, you're not hearing voices in your head, right? I mean, it's just you're just a nervous. No, why couldn't you recommend that? I don't think running's a bad thing. No, no, running is a good thing. I just don't know in lieu of psychiatric care, I don't know that it's a good thing, but your your problem is more nerves, not you're not hearing voices in your head telling you to you know, go rob stores or whatever, right? I mean, no, no, it hasn't gotten there yet. But the longer I live in New York, the more I do find myself just speaking aloud to no one. <laughs> well, this may, this may have to do with what are you, 33 years old now? I'm 33 years it's old. About time to maybe to start a family because then you're, when you're talking, you're at least talking to somebody wife, kids, people are around. But you're a man who lives alone in New York City. And I don't know if you've seen Taxi Driver. But I'm just saying, this story has been told before. Man well, living alone. Yeah. yeah. This place will drive you insane if you're not careful. Like, they built a, a new construction across the street from my building. It's it's new uh, the luxury condos. Mm -hmm. And they finally removed all the scaffolding. And I was walking down the street, and I, I just said to myself, this is effing ugly. <laughs> Out loud. <laughs> yeah, I said it aloud, and then someone looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> across the other side of the street if you stay there you realize that when you're 72 mm -hmm. you will be yelling at fire hydrants uh sure you'll be and that I'm, guy if that's probably the natural progression i did uh i have a term for people who jaywalk when you're walking down the sidewalk and they cross the street at an angle and they get in front of you mm -hmm. yeah. and then they walk slowly at that point i call them interceptors and someone did that and they got in front of me i was like you damn interceptor and so if i had been next to you walking across the street i would have thought that you were a complete crazy man who thinks that there are aliens amongst us uh and i would have been correct let's get on to sure. stories from studio b1 yeah well i guess that can lead into this first story the aliens amongst us has uh yeah, Kepler spotted an alien megastructure in space. Now, this is a question that's being asked because uh, there's this strange light pattern that's emanating from a star, but it's not something that fits the patterns that uh, you know. These that they're used to seen before, yeah. So they don't they don't actually know what it is. So uh, now, are they uh, are they being actual scientists positing the idea that this may be a megastructure that has been built to surround a star, or did they just say we don't know what this is, and then crazy people glommed on and said, well, it must be an alien megastructure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, USA Today wants people to read the article, so they throw an alien megastructure. No yeah. one actually said it's a megastructure. Uh, but I'm going to click on that. If I see that, I want to know if there's an alien megastructure out there. It's I'm, pretty scary, man. You know, well, I mean, I'm, 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 my assumption is it's a way far away, so I don't know how scary it could be. I have a statement from an actual astronomer. Who, your husband? Well, maybe. No, he might be actual, my husband. She said actual astronomer. Okay. Hey, her <laughs> husband works at NASA, so we'll listen to him for a moment. So I asked him for more information about this story, and he told me that 
you mind if I explain it? Is that okay? Oh, well, fast, quickly. We have you know, hijack, hijack the segment. Who cares? Yeah, she's gonna, yeah, you, know, you know what? I feel like she's going to start reading, and there's nothing worse on radio <laughs> than somebody who starts reading. Just tell me no, what he this said. Is just, this is just off the top of my head. I'm tell not reading it Tell me what he said. The star's light curve uh, shows strange stuff passing in front of the star at irregular intervals and sometimes even appearing to shift shape or orientation along the way. Oh, it looks like is, maybe it moves in a different direction sometimes and things like right. that. So and it's, it's very different from the relatively predictable orbits that you see in objects um, around our even our own sun or other stars that Kepler is observing. Uh, this thing so far away we'll never know, obviously, if it's an alien megastructure. Of course, what does this all come down to? Are we alone? I say there's no chance that we're alone. The universe is so big. So vast. I mean, just if you've ever taken statistics, right? I mean, yeah. if you throw enough possibilities in there, then and, and and we exist, so we know it can happen. I think that people do not recognize how large the universe is, or the, the known universe, I should say. I think most people, they don't think this, but I think most people, to them, it's like from here to Pluto, and that's about it. But that's nothing. That is nothing, and I. Every time I have the opportunity to do this, I have to. I have to let people know this. So the galaxy that you're in, the Milky Way galaxy, it's a hundred thousand light years across. So that means now, let's take the speed of light. You would get from this chair to the moon in a little over two seconds at the speed of light. Going that fast, it would take you a hundred thousand years to travel from one end of this galaxy. To the other, wow. and it is one of what do they think it is now, Greg? 125 billion, 145 billion galaxies that are out there. Uh, yeah, somewhere around somewhere there. somewhere with, with trillions of stars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and but here's the here's the here's the real kicker: those 140 some odd billion galaxies. If you squish them all together, they would only be seven percent of the known universe. They're <laughs> wow. just so far flung. That's crazy. So you know, 93 percent of is that my right my math? Yeah, 93 percent it would be uh, empty space. So and so 100,000 years to get across our one galaxy put all 145 billion together it's only seven percent the universe is huge and What's the so point of it all eric the, the point is of course <laughs> there is other life out there there's no way that it's, the expanse is that big and we're it that's just not possible in my mind just as far as statistics go if you take statistics right you put that many possibilities out there and you know that we exist so i don't know if there's an alien megastructure but i am convinced that there is life out there and we'll never be able to say hello to well, it it's, it's only big in relation to us it's probably uh, to another creature a grain of sand well that's true that's true it's all perspective See, and don't you think the USA Today headline tries to like instill fear in you too? Like, oh, yeah, like, like, like that all aliens are bad or something like that. What if what if they're what if they're not bad? Like if they're oh, if yeah. it is an alien structure. Oh right? no, no, I don't think we want to take that chance. Because the first first of all, if the aliens find us first, that means they're so much more advanced than us, they can wipe us out if they want to. <laughs> at that point you're just at their mercy <laughs> that they would show up. You know, for some for some reason in science fiction, the aliens are always more enlightened than we are. You know, like they're all about yeah. peace. I don't not so sure. Are yeah. they? What science fiction are you reading? Oh, most it's always the stuff like, oh, they come, yeah. it seems the Hollywood type of science fiction, you know, where they come to, Close basically, encounters. basically they, they let you know that the Republicans are wrong and liberals are right, and we need to be more like liberals. That's how the uh, Hollywood science fiction usually, but, you know, I think it would probably be more like the way that the Indians were when we showed up. <laughs> 
I think it would be more like that, you know? Because if you think about it, at that time, when the Europeans were showing up on the shore, it was the, the equivalent of spaceships landing. I mean, the technologies yeah. that they had were so advanced to what the Native Americans had at the time that it was the same thing. So I don't want to take that chance, to be honest with you. And I don't yeah, think, I don't think we ever brought, have to worry about it. That disease that they brought, that was their greatest advancement. Oh, that's a myth. That is a myth. That's a, that's a myth? It's a that's myth. It's a myth. That it's they brought myth. diseases and killed No, off of course they had diseases. That yeah. didn't happen? No, but the idea that they said, hey, let's take diseases over there. They didn't do that on oh, purpose. I didn't say that they did it, it was on just purpose. A, it was but just it's a... held against them as if it was something they did on purpose. It wasn't our fault. Yes, it did. Absolutely it not. We what didn't about know. that whole smallpox blanket thing? I thought that was real. Oh, that's baloney. That's all what baloney. You know oh, look <laughs> into it. It's baloney. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give them a blanket. It happened to have some smallpox. That's all. That's all. Again, it's the same narrative. Everybody's bad. Hey. People came from Europe were bad. Us, uh, baloney. Give me another story. <laughs> um, I I want to talk about this one, and NASA is involved again. What is this but, space uh, report? Well, I, I I don't even know why they're studying this, and but uh, they they find that there's a 99.9 percent chance LA will soon face a major earthquake. They say within the next two and a half years, greater than 5.0 magnitude. It's going to happen. And there's some people disputing it, but they're saying, you know, we all know it is going to happen. Yeah, but they're saying point. in the next two and a half years. Yes. 99% chance. Wow. 99.9. No, well, that's about as close to 100% as you can get without being at 100%. <laughs> yep, it's going to happen. I think it's time to leave. 99.98. It's time you to lived in LA, and <laughs> you said that when you're there, because I always think about it. I would constantly think about the earthquake. It's, it's going to happen. I know it, it's, yeah. it's going to happen today or tomorrow, and if not, it's still going to happen at some point. But you say when you're there. Well, I lived there for about three years, and when I first got out there, I was always thinking about earthquakes. The second thing I thought, because I was from the Northeast, I was out there about a month, and every day was beautiful, and I thought, this is weird. What is going uh, Does it rain? I don't understand how this <laughs> works. I was confused. But what happens if you stay out there long enough is it is so beautiful 95% of the time that you forget that there's a chance of a fire, a mudslide, an earthquake, all these, you know, biblical things that happen out there and you it is when those things aren't happening, it is so beautiful and so wonderful mm -hmm. that you allow yourself to forget that because you're having such a wonderful time. It's so beautiful. And so you could be lulled really into sleep. But if I lived out there right now, I would not ignore this. If NASA is telling me there's a 99.9% .9 chance that it's going to be in the next two and a half years, and what's they say it's going to be like a five on the Richter scale? Yeah, uh, at least a five. That uh, is huge. You know, they're, they're, they're thinking that 6.1 to 6.3. That wow. is unbelievable. It's time to get out. And besides, the taxes, are too, the taxes are too high anyway. Get out. It's a you know. bankrupt city. It's yeah. going to hell. Go to Arizona like everybody else has. Arizona Arizona is full of people who used to live in L.A. Is it still going to fall into the ocean? I don't know if this uh. is the one that's going to do it, but eventually, sure. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of like butted up there together. It doesn't even really belong to the continent, I don't think. There's a rift down there. Is that the... No, that's not... San Andreas Fault? The San Andreas Fault. But there's another fault that I've been hearing mm. about that's up around Seattle that's supposedly going to be worse. Just get out of the West. I think it's out in the ocean. Yeah, it is. It is, but it's going to tear the hell out of the uh, out of the land up there. Yeah, then like you a get tsunami the and stuff. But yeah, you know, you between then, between uh, now and then, it's going to be beautiful every day. So people will be <laughs> lulled to sleep. And if you were out there, probably the same thing would happen. Just to you. hang loose, bro. Just yeah, just uh, surf it, man. Surf it. All right, we'll try to fit in a couple more stories from Studio B One. 
when we return. WSB's Kirk Mellis predicting a high around 75 and a 6 on the Mellis meter. This weather report brought to you by Shoemate Air Conditioning and Heating. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. That's English Nick. That's Jared Yamamoto. That's Autumn Fisher. We still have my misanthrope buddy Greg Russ on the line. Why don't you throw us one more story from Studio B1? Uh, all right, let's get to the very important story here. All that other stuff we talked about didn't matter. Simon Cowell returning to U.S. television. He's going to be a judge on America's Got Talent. Uh, so my understanding is he's going to replace Howard Stern, who's been on America's Got Talent for a few seasons now, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why Stern's leaving, though. I, uh, I, 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 I never actually watched it, but I like the idea of Stern being a judge. I have to say that I'm a fan of Jeopardy, and that would come on, and then America's uh, Got Talent would come on mm-hmm. after it. So I actually was exposed to some of it. This is one of the strangest shows I've ever seen. First of all, Stern did a good job. He's very reserved on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. a different kind of image for him, and I thought yeah. he did a, a fine job. But it's a weird show, I think. Uh, they, it's kind of half reality. Show. They don't spend a whole lot of time actually with the talent on stage. It's very, uh, it's, it's a lot about the, the judges. Behind the scenes Behind stuff. the scenes goes on. A lot of, it, it opens in a unique kind of way. But has there ever been a superstar from that? Was that, uh, that uh, the guy who did the ventriloquist? Did he come off of America's Got Talent? Dunham or whatever his name is. This guy uh, is a ventriloquist. I think he's. Did, I think he came off of that one. But Susan Boyle. Susan did Boyle. Did she come off of it? England no, one. no, that was the English one. Yeah. I'm talking about the American one here. I think that that guy Jeff Dunham or whatever his name is. He's a ventriloquist. Yes. I think he was the first winner, maybe. And he is a genuine superstar. This blows me away. He filled Phillips Arena. A ventriloquist <laughs> filled Phillips Arena. Can you imagine sitting like in the in the nosebleed yeah. seats watching a ventriloquist on stage? I can't even imagine it. So you this guy, move your mouth at that point, wouldn't even know. One <laughs> no would even know. Big screen videos. <laughs> so or ever watching a ventriloquist ever? Uh, yeah, but I don't think that they've had a genuine superstar since then. So, and I, I think their ratings are pretty good. So, uh, yeah, and Simon Cowell failed at like two other shows. It's time to come back. You know these English guys, Piers Morgan. I can do so, whatever I want. You, you know, go. I wear tight sweaters. I come on. I tell people. Well, exactly how it is, Eric. Well, we need more of you it. Know? Because I think they wanted that from Stern, yeah. but Stern became Mr. Nice Guy, so Simon Cowell needs to crank it up and get mean again. That's what America wants. That's why I'm doing so well in America. Truth. We want mean, grumpy, nasty host. That's why the future belongs to me. Uh, look, we're going to have details pretty soon about our second live lounge. We've got a live lounge show. Yeah. We've got a second one com- coming up soon, so stay tuned for details. If you want to know more about me and what we do, go to ericvonline.com E-R-I-C-V-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. We do a couple podcasts every week. This show becomes a podcast within 24 hours of us being on the air. So just go there. It's a hub site you find out everything. Thanks, English Nick. You're welcome. Thank you, Autumn Fisher. Thank you, Greg Russ. Thank you to the most handsome producer in producery, Jared Yamamoto. You're welcome. That was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you again next Sunday at 1 p.m. But until then, bula bula.